Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. After the last time, you'd think we would have learned our lesson. You would think. But much like Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football, every time we just go running right back. I mean, to be fair, part of our fun is seeing bad movies, so... You know, if it's going to be bad, that's not really a bad thing. True, true. It's sort of win-win one way or the other. We either get a good movie that we can be excited that we watched, or we get a terrible movie, and then we can complain about how he used to make good movies. Who used to make good movies? Why, none other than our favorite hot or cold (sighs) director... M. Night Shyamalan. When you say hot or cold, it makes me think of like when people are like, yeah, we dated on and off for a few years. And what they really mean is they went out on a date once. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I do feel like we've dated off and on. Like there was a time. There was a time. When this was one of my favorite directors. Like Signs, Sixth Sense. Those are some of my favorite movies from when I was younger. Yeah. My teenage years, my early adulthood, I don't remember when those movies came out, probably a lot longer ago than I think they did. Probably. And then there was that phase where I was like, eh, I know people say these movies are good, but I'm like, eh, Eh. unbreakable. I felt very ambivalent about. Whatever. That was in between Sixth Sense and Signs, so you can't count that. And it was good. I know you say that. It was very depressing, but it was good. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole series. And then there's the whole, like, The Village. The and Village. I don't even know what all. Like, there were so many movies yeah. that, like, some people liked them, some people hated them. I sort of was like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. We all knew he was off the rails. And then he went so far off the rails. I just saw a TikTok today. The Onion did a news report on another train has derailed today, and it hit an airplane 30,000 feet in the air. <laughs> And that's how off the rails M. Night Shyamalan (laughs) has gone. Yeah. So as much as I have been complaining about M. Night Shyamalan for years. Years. And as much as just within the past 12 months, we watched the movie Old, and I swore I would never, (laughs) ever, ever watch another of his movies, and I accused him of Pattersoning his movies where he wasn't even creating them or directing them or having anything to do with them. He just was putting his name on them. I mean, that's a that's a best case scenario for old. Ugh, yeah. But then the ads start coming up on our TV. For Knock at the Cabin 2023. And here we are right back watching his movies and talking about them. So he clearly is doing something right. That's sort of his thing is that kind of in the trailer, you'll get, you know, this mm. epic kind of moody feel. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hmm, that's going to be interesting. Let's see how that comes out. And there's always the promise of a twist. And I think that's the True. piece that pulls me in every time. Like, I see the ads and I'm like, oh, this is intriguing. But then 
what's where's it gonna really go yes what's really going on here and that i love that and so i just keep coming back so okay we could keep complaining about him (laughs) or we could just talk about this movie we could I feel like I need to warn our dear listeners that if they intend to watch this movie at all, ironically, (laughs) non-ironically, however you intend to watch this movie, if you intend to watch this movie, I think the only way to give it a fair shot is to watch it unadulterated in that you haven't had the ending spoiled for you. So if you are thinking about watching this movie, I will give away enough of what I thought of the movie to say, probably you should go watch it before you listen to the rest of this. Hmm. Okay. Okay. One thing to note before we start is that he did not write this story. No, this is written by famed horror author Paul Tremblay. So then the question comes in as to like how much of what makes a movie good is the writing of it and how much is the directing of it. And then there's acting and, you know, all those other things. So how much impact can he actually have on making a movie good or bad is an interesting question to consider. Let's consider it. Because in this movie, there were parts that I immediately connected to old, where I'm like, this is exactly what they did in old. But in this movie, it makes sense and it works. For example, the four horsemen of the apocalypse that come to visit these people at their house introduce themselves at various points. And it's just like in old where they like she comes up and she goes i'm adrian and i like to make food for people yeah and it sounds it's like the same line reads from old but in this case it kind of works because Uh everybody in this movie is very awkward and feels very weird about the situation they're in and it's real uncomfortable and they're trying to make each other comfortable. Like, yes. it kind of fits. Whereas in old, it was just insanity. <laughs> it was, Yeah, it was just weird. Like, that's not how you do character development. In this case, it built into the character development because you already were like, why are these four people who don't seem to know each other, don't seem to actually like each other very much, mm-hmm. why are they working together to attack this family that they also don't seem to know anything about and don't seem to have any problem with no like none of it made any sense so then when you start getting the different characters they're they're basically introducing themselves to the family that they're attacking in a way of like trying to explain how they're just really normal people and they wish they weren't here but they have to be here because the visions told them that they have to be here and just what we gotta do this is this is it this is I'm really sorry that we have to make you choose one of you to murder, but eh. That's life. Sometimes that's how it goes. Yeah. And I agree with you that it worked in this movie. I liked it in this movie. I hated it in old. (laughs) The other thing I noticed that feels like a signature at this point is that he takes things and smacks you over the head with them. Like, they're too obvious. Like, way in the end of this movie, our heroes look through a backpack belonging to one of the bad people, and there's this, like, framed photo of Adrian and her son in there, you know, which is proof that she had a son. But it's like, I mean, it's this big framed photo, like, it's so on the nose and so giant, and it's like, 
here you go. And and they show it right to us. And Not only that, but they did that for all four of them. Yeah, they went you through each one, one at a Once time. Once I saw that one of them was actually who they said they were, I filled in the blanks for the rest of it. Yeah, that's the whole thing is he has to throw it all in your face and make sure you didn't miss a beat. Okay, imagine you're a young M. Night Shyamalan. You've created the movie Signs, which I know not everyone will agree with me, but I think is a delightful, complex, twisting story that just all the pieces come together in such a, such a nice way. Mm-hmm. I did have a friend point out to me that it made no sense whatsoever that the alien race that is allergic to water chooses a planet that is like 80% water to inhabit. Right. Okay. That's a flaw. But once you move past that, the rest of it is just, ooh, so delightfully tied together in, in such a tapestry. Now imagine you've created this and you put it out for the masses to watch. And the masses are dumb as posts and they miss all of the subtle things. They're like, why is he choking at the end? Why didn't the poison kill the boy? Because they weren't paying attention and they don't understand that, you know, he has asthma and his airway was closed and all of these things. I feel like it was really obvious then too, but apparently not. It really was. But imagine... (laughs) That you did a thing where I felt like, okay, it was obvious, but not beat you over the head obvious. Mm-hmm. It was just like, here are all the pieces. Look how look how all of the pieces of this puzzle make one picture. Yeah. And then you spend the rest of your life having people complain to you about things where you're like, <laughs> did you watch the movie? So, like, I wonder how much of it is that he just got broken by people who didn't understand the nuances and complexities that he was putting in. And he's like, ugh, they're not going to get this. I'm going to have people complaining about this forever. I'm going to have people asking me whether she had a kid or not for the rest of my life if I don't put a picture (laughs) of a freaking kid in the movie. It could have been, but it was just so hammered in. Yeah. But yeah, I can see that as a reaction. So on the other hand... At the beginning, they don't mention the four horsemen of the apocalypse. No. It is clearly an apocalyptic sort of situation. There are four of them. I My brain immediately went there. Was there some kind of like subtle nudging toward that concept? Because I have heard, I think you went there immediately. My friend who was talking about it, he went there immediately. Like... Well, I mean, if, why did it get? Why did we all snap to Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse so quickly? If he had seen the movie, then I mean, they talk about it later in the movie. No, it was a comment of like, I immediately knew that huh. these were the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. I why? Don't know. Because at no point do their behaviors actually connect to them. Except then at the end, they talk about it, and I'm like, that's not what the four horsemen of the apocalypse are <laughs> right. in the first place. Right. I didn't write that down, but they okay. made some weird connections. So toward the end, you're like, clearly they were the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Malice, nurturing, healing, and guidance. <laughs> but. What? Wait. They did say that, which is definitely not the four horsemen, but it is different sides of humanity, so that all of humanity was coming to them to make this request. Okay, but also malice, nurturing, (laughs) healing, and guidance are the four sides of humanity. That's it. That's the whole side. That doesn't even make sense. I don't know. Healing and nurturing are almost the same thing. (laughs) They are. But early on, when I was thinking, ooh, this is the four horsemen, 
I was making notes. Adrian is all into food. She's famine. <gasps> famine. Uh-huh. Sabrina is a nurse. She's plague. Uh-huh. Redmond is full of rage. He's war. Uh-huh. And Leonard, because he does the final hit on each of their suicides, well, he's death. homicides, whatever, he's death. Okay. And just because he's the leader, too. Okay. 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 And so I thought that was sensical but also they are just normal people too now see he made that so subtle that i'm gonna park outside his house and complain about how i didn't get it and then he's gonna make another old he's, he's gonna, gonna make yeah like, Ugh. in fact he's gonna make old too young <laughs> no i get it now i i didn't i had not put a whole lot of thought into that and i do see how it works out I mean, I don't know if that's for real, but that's what I thought. No, that makes total sense to me. I like that. I like that way more than I like malice, nurturing, healing, and guidance. That (laughs) annoyed me when they said that. I was like, that's just stupid. And I still think it's interesting how quickly my mind snapped to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's not a thing I think about a lot. Well, you know why? Because they come out early on and they were like... Not if you had just seen the trailer, but if you watch the movie, they come out and are like, the first plague will be this, and then there will be this plague and this uh, plague. And it's like, well, this is revelations. I mean, they were different yeah. different plagues than I'm familiar with, but still, it was a series of plagues and the world was ending. So it's like, of course. Yeah. I did enjoy, they said at the beginning, okay, there's going to be a flood, there's going to be a plague, the skies are going to fall like glass. And then the finger of God is going to scorch the earth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, interesting. And I did enjoy seeing like, oh, there's the uh, tidal wave, flood. Here's the onset of plague within the last 12 hours. <laughs> That's something I want to get into. Yes. Here's airplanes falling out of the sky. I liked that, you know, the sky falling mm-hmm. piece. And... For some reason, it took me a really long time to remember that lightning is like often called the finger of God. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like the stand. Yeah. So I liked that piece of it. That was cool. My number one issue with this movie, and this goes back to the olden days of TV and movies, where it's a trope and it's kind of a joke that when you're in a TV show or movie, you can flip on the TV and you'll see something relevant immediately oh, on yeah. the screen. Yeah. You never flip on and have to wait through like <laughs> 12 minutes of commercials to get Except to Except in anything. a comedy where they're making fun of the concept. Right, and right. they're like, why, why couldn't you just tell me that? Why did we have to wait for the news to come on? <laughs> but the news in this movie was just ridiculous. Okay, when the tsunami came... They were like, there was an earthquake four hours ago. This wave is about to hit the coast. And then, oh no, breaking news, another earthquake has happened that's going to make a wave hit right now. Bit Much bigger, much worse. And in the three minutes, nine minutes, whatever it took for that wave to come and hit the shore, they talked about it. They had, you know, produced news reports about it. They brought on an expert to discuss it. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, what is happening? It hasn't even happened yet. And they're and they're all just sitting on the news going like, and then a giant wave is going to come up and it's going to swallow all of these cities. And like, they yeah, were they've just got so graphics for all of this it. too. They like, they knew the details that they couldn't have figured out that fast. Here's the piece that bothered me about that is that they were talking about it like it had already happened because it was a foregone conclusion, but yeah. they didn't say anything like, 
If you are on the shore, if you are anywhere yes. like within 10 miles of the coast of the Pacific Ocean, you should probably not be there. <laughs> yeah. Like they were just like, eh, it's only going to be like three minutes. They're dead. There's nothing yeah. we can do. Just don't worry about it. And they weren't even that excited about it. They're just like, no. hey, tsunami's happening. Yeah. They were just like, eh. And it continued for all of them. Was It was just so immediate and so detailed and like here's some footage like like they oh the tsunami okay i have to go back to it okay they got footage from someone on the beach as the tsunami was coming in a a regular person the kind of thing that they like connect with them on twitter hours later and get the footage and get approval for it and then air it the next day oh they didn't need to get (laughs) approval for it though because that dude was definitely dead yes and yes, he was. the only way they could have gotten that footage is if that person had been live streaming it. And somehow and they found they just, that stream in the well, two minutes. Right, that somebody, he was live streaming it. Somebody else, I assume from the news, because they had their hands on it immediately, knew to record, happened to be watching it and knew to record it so that then they could use this posthumous yeah. footage. I mean... <sighs> Just the entire news thing was so far outside of the realm of possibility. And they were in a difficult position because they had to give us this info. But it should have been sketchy, immediate breaking news. You know, we're hearing this is happening and we don't know and whatever. And we don't even have anybody out there because it's literally been two minutes. Right. And that they're upset and they're like... Right, different stories and or you conspiracy know what? theories and nonsense. They even had a setup for it. They there was the earlier tsunami that's four hours old. They could have had Bob <gasps> Jones down at the beach, their guy, to talk about it when the second tsunami. It a hundred percent should have been their yeah. camera guy and their reporter down there, and then they all should have just been stunned. Yeah, because they just watched this guy they know, Bob. Bob, Bob, mm-hmm. I like Bob. <laughs> That's a Doctor Who reference. <laughs> that would have made more sense. Yeah, and it, just the whole thing with all of them was like that. Yeah, I did like though that like the the plague, which was like a fever flu disease, mm-hmm. COVID in like three cities. Yeah, but but it was something that people had known about for months and it was just suddenly had was hitting hard. And that that's good because that is possible as opposed to something immediately killing millions or whatever. Well, and that contributed to the like, how is this movie going to end question that I had? And my friend was telling me that he knew how it was going to end from the beginning. Like he was annoyed by the movie because it was so predictable. Yeah. I, was not sure which direction this movie was going to go until like they got to the diner at the end after they had escaped. Oh. Like I literally was like it's still at any point it could <laughs> still be like haha just kidding none of this was happening and we just made you kill your husband for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I was definitely not sure what the thing was going to be. Like literally they were driving up to the diner and I was like they're going to walk in there. And everyone's going to be acting perfectly normal. And they're going to be like, why doesn't anybody care that all of these planes fell out of the sky and children were dying and the tsunami and all of these things? And everybody would be like, what? Yeah. I I, I don't know what you're talking about. And they'd turn on the TV and it would just be normal, you know. Yeah. Kathy Ripa or whoever the person is talking. I I, I was waiting for that to happen. I was disappointed that it didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. 
On the other hand, I kind of understand why it didn't, because if it didn't, then it would have been just a really, really, really dark movie. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty dark. <laughs> Which sort of ties into the rant that I want to have about this movie that I'm going to try to limit to a reasonable amount of ranting. Okay. And we do not have to start it yet. But before we dive into that cesspool, what other what other thoughts do we have? We have not talked about the family at all yet. Yeah. I mean, they were fine. <laughs> they were fine. I thought it was really interesting because the family that they're attacking, who essentially become the main characters of the movie, you know, they are the ones who have to make the decision, is a gay couple and they're like eight-year-old adopted daughter. And the fact that they didn't do much with her. No. Which kind of makes sense because she was eight years old and she was mostly just like there. Nobody wanted her to be hurt or even involved in any of it. But like they did take the fact that this was a couple who had experienced prejudice and hatred and, you know, things in their past had kind of set them in their ways and how they looked at the world. And they were very different. Daddy Eric was, if not still a faithful religious person, he definitely had been religious at one time Mm -hmm. and was kind of like a gentle heal the world kind of person. And Daddy Andrew was a lawyer. Human rights. Yeah, Yeah, he was a human rights lawyer. But he also was just like, screw it. Let them all die. Like, yeah. That's not our problem. He was very well, much like, the world has hated on me yeah. long enough. I have no responsibility to them. Which I like that that factored into it, that they, their history of having been mm-hmm. ostracized by the world was a part of this whole discussion. But then, like, the the one kind of big, I don't know, mislead sort of situation is that one of the guys attacking them, he suddenly realizes is a guy who smashed him in the head with a bottle in a bar years ago in a homophobic attack. And that presents a really interesting possibility Mm because you're like, well, then clearly these are people trying to screw with them and Mm -hmm. whatever. But also the fact that that wasn't the case makes it such a huge coincidence that it kind of strains the movie at the edges. Like, why is it this guy that interacted with him in the past i mean i hear you and the truth of the why is because it gave some plausibility and some like ooh, which way will it go yeah but also like the world is full of weird coincidences like that (laughs) like you are in a class and you get paired up with the three christians who are in the class with you (laughs) like like there are weird things that happen that we can't do in storytelling because People are like, that's too weird. Like having multiple characters with the same name. Yeah, even you never though, do that. No, you never do that. Even though I know like six people named Mike <laughs> in my life. Too many Mikes. So, I mean, it, it's one of those like, I don't know if this is the right phrase for it. Like the exception that makes the rule uh-huh. sort of things. Like it's the weird coincidence that then makes the rest of it be okay. I don't know. Uh, Maybe not, though. I thought it was too far. I mean, I don't know what else they could have done, but it just, it was a a problem. They did talk about how, because it was Redmond, the 
angry guy who is war, obviously. <laughs> In his introduction, he was like, I am an ex-con. I did stupid things when I was young. Like I served time, blah, blah, blah. Now I work at a gas company, whatever. Yeah. Like they didn't hide that piece of information. They put it right out front and center. And then when he realized like, oh, this is the dude. Like it's not like it was hidden. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know that Redmond ever realized the connection between them. You know what I mean? Well, he died too soon, I think, for that to happen. Okay, but you don't think that he would recognize the two guys that yeah, had him end think. up in prison for 15 years or whatever? Like, Yeah, that's pretty weird, actually. I feel like he probably would have walked in and gone, oh, no, 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 no. I'm out. Like, because he had reformed himself, well, right? Here's he should have been like, no, 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 no. I've been down this path before. Something that I think would have made that coincidence more palatable is if all of the characters were from the same town for whatever reason. Like, some, if somehow that was explained, like, oh, they were all drawn from this one mm. spot. And then it's like, that would that would make them even more convinced that this was a prank (laughs) violent brutal prank and at the same time it would make it less of a weird coincidence that these were people that he was a person they had interacted with yeah i mean i think the fact that they all met on a message board because they were all having the same weird dreams and then like daddy andrew's theory that like this was some kind of group psychosis sort of thing like i liked that that was an interesting theory at that point what i wanted it to be when that when we realized that Redmond was somebody from their past, I wanted them to all be someone who was in some way connected mm-hmm. to this family, but not connected to each other. Like that these yeah. revelations all came out one at a time, like where they were like, wait, that but would you, be fun. Yeah. You were the lady who gave our daughter her health checkup the first time she was here in the <laughs> States or whatever, you know, yeah. like that that each one of them ha- would have had some connection, perhaps relating to which horse person they were. I think mm-hmm. that could have been interesting. And it would have fed the like, wait, but it's too weird that you all, like we've interacted with you all before, but they're all denying yeah. knowing each other. Like it would have added some That would have made confusion. it more difficult. That's a challenge with the entire movie as a whole is my note was, it's impossible to imagine a scenario, for me at least, where someone would end up believing what they were being told by these people. Like, I mean, there's a lot of evidence on these news reports, but you just rationalize it all away. Like, those are fake news reports, and those planes falling outside the window are fake somehow. Like, to believe what they're saying is so far out there that that even that seemed fake about the movie when whichever of the daddies was like, this is real. We've got to do it. Yeah. 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 Well, so I had a note that the planes falling out of the sky was the part that convinced when. Yeah. That it was real. It should convince you. (laughs) She was eight. So. Yeah. And then maybe Eric, but really Eric was sort of convinced Mm -hmm. from the very beginning when he saw the figure in the light. Yeah. And that, that helps because, for him, that would have been more than just something he saw. It would have been, you know, 
when you have those kind of hallucinations, those religious hallucinations, they come along with the feeling that this is important, this means something. And so he would have truly believed it and would have had a hard time moving away from it. But here's the thing. Andrew did not believe it. No. And knew that Eric had a concussion Mm -hmm. at the time that he was claiming to have had a religious revelation. Yeah. A very subtle one, but still. And like... I cannot wrap my head around how Andrew got to the point of actually shooting Eric. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I do not understand. Other than, like, all of these things had happened, and then there was lightning actually crashing down all around them. Yeah, the sky had gone black. There was lightning hitting the ground all over the place, starting fires everywhere. So, like, it was not normal they could tell the world was going bad and definitely i am the andrew character like i am a (laughs) non-believer and i cannot picture myself getting to a point where i'm like yep must be god (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know and that's why i was ready for the other ending which is not one of the two you suggested which is just that it's all real but they refused to make the choice refused to kill any of each other and they just kind of ride off into the sunset as the only people left alive in this horrible world that's falling to pieces. And even that, they would have only been... Like, Leonard had told them they, you would only stay alive long enough to see every everything burn, and then you would die, too. Yeah, which makes sense, because everything burned. Honestly, I think that's where... I think that's the choice I would have made. I think so, too. I never would have gotten to the point where I actually believed enough to be willing to do the thing that I was being asked to do. It would be... It's impossible to believe. Yeah. And, and then at the end, I would have been like, well, crap. Uh, it turns out I was wrong. Like, whoops. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but at that point, it's too late. Yeah. And honestly, at the point that they finally figured it out, okay, they saved some people, but 700 planes fell out of the sky. Well, and lots of other people like, died. Tons. How are those two people going to survive the emotional guilt mm-hmm. that comes along with being the survivors, <laughs> the only two survivors who know what happened. Yeah, they they dragged it out much longer than they should have. But, you know, from this outside safe observation point, I'm totally cool with them dragging it out as long as they did because there was no reason to believe it until the sky went dark on And even them. then. Yeah, eh. even then, I still would not be surprised if they didn't believe it. Yeah. And it was really just that Eric decided for them. that yes. he, And maybe it's because he thought forward and was like, okay, if we're wrong, and if this is really happening, how will I, like, I don't know. Like, that he would have some kind of, he couldn't handle the guilt yeah. of, I, I have no idea. But he was ready. He's like, I'm not afraid. I believe it's all good. He he had a whole vision of the two of them, Andrew and and when much later all mm-hmm. happy and you know, living their lives as if the apocalypse hadn't rained down on the entire planet. <laughs> yeah, but that was the whole point of the end was this hopeful time in the diner where everyone's like, "Oh, it's over and all the sick people are getting better and they're all going to be just great." We're never flying again. Forget that. Right. But otherwise, it's great. And there would be no explanation for it. Like, the flying thing in particular. <laughs> like, no explanation. 
But there there might be though, because like the the disease was a real disease that was happening and it just magically got bad. Maybe they they'd find you know like oh there's some microchip that was in all these planes and it had a flaw. Oh, so God would let the microchip guy take yeah. the fall? Oh yes, he would. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> See, okay, we have come very close several times to the (laughs) issue that I truly have with this movie. So I'm just going to go there. The premise of this movie is that you just need to have faith. That if these men had had faith and believed in what they were being told at the beginning, only one human would have died in this apocalypse. True. I feel like that is... An insanely dangerous level of propaganda. So false. And it's so false. And I, I I, feel like this is dangerous water to be walking in because there are so many people who believe so strongly that faith is an important thing. And I get that. And I don't have a problem with the idea of faith in most cases. Like, we have to have hope. We have to believe that things will get better. I was sitting outside just today feeling like all I have is this hope that maybe things aren't falling apart the way that they are falling apart around me. Hope is a good thing. And when faith is another word for hope, great. But there are movies like this and certain widely read pieces of literature Uh that have ingrained so many people around the world in so many different ways with this concept that someday an all-powerful being is going to come and ask you for the ultimate sacrifice and you need to be ready to say yes. It's such a terrible premise because in those same texts, there's not as powerful, but powerful entities who can trick you, who can be like, yeah, so it's me, God, uh, you need to kill your neighbor. Uh-huh. And that happens. It, that that actually happens in real life. It just feels so dangerous to me. So I know that this ending where they finally decided to, you know, have faith that this would stop the apocalypse and everything got better. This was the happy ending. Mm -hmm. And to me, this was a horrific ending because basically they found the price. They were like, we're going to find the price where one of you is willing to kill the other one. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere along this spectrum of horrific behavior is the line that we can cross where one of you will be like, I'm going to put an end to this. And then it's just like, what, some kind of all-powerful deity game to figure out where that line is? And it's not. Like, so many times in the Bible in particular, it's like, oh, kill your kids. No, no, just kidding. I just just wanted to see if you would. But that piece wasn't in this movie. Well, and I just recently heard a Bible story like yesterday or the day before where, in fact, not all Bible stories end that way. Sometimes he tells them to kill their kid and they do it and he goes sweet and that's it and i just i can't help but see a connection between people who are willing to believe that there is some kind of being out there who would put us to that kind of a test and that the correct thing to do is to submit 
to that kind of a test. Mm-hmm. I, the connection between those people and the people who are doing the things that have me sitting out on my patio wondering if the world is going to end in seven years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't know. Don't worry, don't it's only five years now. In our household, we believe in the prophet Bo Burnham. Yeah, I don't know. This movie upset me in a way that very few movies have upset me in a, in a long time. Horror! Yay! That's what we're here for. <sighs> Ratings! So, this movie hits me at a point where we just finally started watching The Last of Us. And I just started reading a book called How High We Go in the Dark, which is so very much about the end of the world. Like, it's it's bad, and it's also very much like it is today. It's, mm-hmm. it's hardly any different than what we're currently going through. And, of course, there's just looking at climate news. The world. The actual mm-hmm. apocalypse. In this stew of all that, you see this movie, and they're like, yep. I mean, it's just, it's very depressing. There's something about, like, the way this book I'm reading is written that feels kind of like this movie, where in this movie, you know, the tsunami that hits is the second of two tsunamis that day. The plague that hits is actually just an ongoing disease like COVID that's been around. The airplane crashes, okay, that's new, but also... Who knows Mm -hmm. what's been going on. And the lightning is a climate change thing. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. in those things, it's like there's this oppressive feel. The book does it really well where it's like in the background, they'll just mention like, you know, oh, yeah, we all got to go outside with our masks on because the pollution level was low today. Woohoo. And they just slip it in there. Like, it's just so oppressively dystopian Mm -hmm. and it's all real and it's all happening and it's just it's just coming down and hitting me with a hammer all the time and i don't like that i like to have fun which mostly means ignoring what's going on in the world and so this movie really pulled out those kind of feelings i think what's interesting about the movie is that it's such a tiny tiny story despite the apocalyptic stakes like Mm -hmm. it's Literally, four people come to a house and ask the three people at that house to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. There's there's nothing else going on except what they see on the news. And I almost feel like, I, I haven't read the novel, but I feel like just the story of this movie has written itself into so much of a corner that it's just not, it's not a workable story. It's It's a little bit broken. And we talked about some of that stuff earlier. But other than that, it's well told and it it kept me guessing and i liked how it was going but like you i felt you know there's this problematic theme or implication to it all so i have complex multi-layered feelings about this film but if i look at it as just you know was it good or not uh, it there's no answer to that. It's somewhere in the middle because <laughs> right. there's some craziness about this movie and yet also it's pretty good. So I'm going to give it three and a half grasshoppers out of five because mm-hmm. I wouldn't say you shouldn't see it. It's interesting, but it is also problematic and confusing and doesn't really make sense. I mean, it makes sense, but it doesn't add up really. I don't know. Ordinarily, 
a movie that presents a question like this or like a do this thing, will you do this thing? And, and kind of gives you the option of seeing like, oh, which of the characters am I more like? Am I more like Eric or am I more like Andrew? Mm-hmm. Usually that kind of movie is a movie that I enjoy because I like then afterwards picking through the pieces and trying to decide, okay, well, I, I think I'm an Andrew. Would I have really held out until the end? Or would I have like had that soft spot for humanity and belief and all of that? Mm-hmm. I can't do that with this movie because there is no part of me that believes that this is ever a thing. I I cannot ponder this question. I can sit and think about the trolley problem. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's a piece of me that's like, yeah, there might be a situation where (laughs) someone is tied to a trolley tracks and some other people are tied and I have to decide which of these tracks. Like trolleys are real. People are too. People are real. I can ponder that question because it's it's a question that has some connection to reality. And the only way to connect this story to reality is to believe in God. And not just God, but in a God who would destroy everything if you didn't agree to kill someone who was the most important human on the planet. Like what kind of disgusting question is that? Yeah, I agree. And I had a time watching this movie, you know, when you watch a movie like this, like you said, I get into thinking, Ooh, what, what would I do when I, if I was presented with this and it's, you know, such an impossible question. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there like struggling with it as I watch it. And then I went, wait a minute. This isn't a question that's ever going to happen. No. And it, it like was a weight off my chest. I'm like, ah, I don't have to answer this question and I never will. So never mind. Right. Exactly. Except that the weight didn't lift off my chest because instead I was immediately thinking about all of the people who think this is a question that they might someday be asked. Yeah. And that they have chosen an answer. And they have stockpiled guns just in <sighs> case. So... Here's the thing. I enjoyed this movie as a fictional movie. If I completely think of it in terms of, nope, this will never happen. This is not a thing. Nothing about this is real. Then I enjoyed this story. But I live in the real world where too many people think things like this could someday happen. And not only could happen, but they've been waiting for them to happen for like 2,000 years. Yeah. So I am also going to give this movie three and a half grasshoppers out of five. Because... It made me angry, like intensely angry. And that means there was something to it. Yeah. It wasn't something I enjoyed. It's not something I'm going to continue thinking about once we're done with this podcast. I'm going to let this movie leave my brain because it's too stressful. <laughs> but it made me feel a thing and that makes it art, I think. Fair. And and it was well done art. I liked, like, the, we didn't talk about the actors or anything, yeah. hardly at all. Like, Dave Bautista was Leonard. <laughs> Like, he did a fantastic job. Well, and that was another of my connections with Old, is like his sort of stilted, wooden behavior (laughs) was what you found in Old, where it was ridiculous, and in this movie, it fit. Yeah. It made sense for his character. For sure. So everybody did a great job. I thought it was a very, like, well-done movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But it made me so angry. Yeah. So I'm giving it three and a half, and that's that. That's that. And then I'm never going to think about this movie again, except 
that the next time an M. Night Shyamalan movie comes out, I'm going to be like, well, that last one wasn't terrible. And I'm probably going to take a swipe at that football one more time. Uh, you'll just keep doing it. Yep. Why not? Why not? Fight the horror of a world gone mad. So my hot political tip this week is related to my review in the sense that I cannot connect this fictional story to reality without being burned inside with a, the fiery flames of anger and war. And I would be Redmond if I were mm-hmm. one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. Sure. So I guess what I'm going to say is just pay attention to what's happening in your state's legislation these days. If your state is currently debating bills and and figuring out legislation, please pay attention to what they're doing because there are a lot of states out there doing some really, really horrific things. Yes, they are. And a lot of it is based on fear and the stories of faith and a time when scientific understanding was much less than it is now. And I think that's... Where that anger comes from is that so much of what I see as wrong in the world today is stemming from the fact that there are people who would rather believe that an omnipotent being is going to ask them to choose between their spouse and the entire world than that trans people are human beings who deserve health care. Yeah. So pay attention And maybe consider that the human beings that we are sharing this planet with right now are maybe more important than the stories and the possibilities and the, I don't know, maybe it's a thing, belief systems. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And it's not to say that all religion is bad. I don't think that religion makes people bad. I just think it gives bad people an excuse to be worse Hmm. yeah in a lot of cases i don't know anyway pay attention because there's a lot of people who need you to be paying attention and care about people that's what you should do yeah yeah don't let somebody other someone based on misunderstanding and ignorance and bigotry and grossness focus on the three positive aspects of humanity (laughs) Nurturing, healing, and guidance. Those are the only three. Stay away from malice, everybody. Until next week, (laughs) when we will watch another scary movie full of lots of malice. Don't forget to call your elected representatives. Yes, yes, yes. You get to start. I do. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. 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 yes.